Welcome to Distance Learning Innovations. My name is Dave Casey. In every episode, I speak with shop teachers who are overcoming the challenge of online learning in courses that pre-COVID would have been hands-on and project-based. Welcome to today's show. Our guest today is Tom Edwards of Sonoma Valley High School. Tom, thanks so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. I know you're giving up some of your spring break, so thank you for that. Glad to do it. So um, I think that teaching high school science is your second career. Um, I think you were an engineer by training. Could Before we talk about COVID and online learning, can we talk about uh, how you came to be a high school teacher? Maybe you're a little bit of your first career and then that transition into, into public school teaching. So a little bit about my background. I graduated from the Maritime Academy in Vallejo with a degree in marine engineering, preparing me to operate and maintain any type of equipment on a ship. So it gave me a background in mechanical theory, uh, electrical theory, hydraulics, um, but it also gave me the hands-on skills to be able to repair any type of equipment like that. So it was going through the process. I became qualified as a welder, a machinist, a pipe fitter, an electrician. So it was very hands-on, very well-grounded. So the early part of my career, I was a troubleshooter on ships and submarines and power plants, and I traveled around the world fixing those things for a little company called General Electric. Um, And then they saw potential in me and took me out of the field and uh, ultimately ended up as a vice president of marketing for them, and then also worked for their equivalent uh, from Europe, a company called Sia Brown Bavari. Um, Life has its turns. I became a single parent, and as a result, left that profession, which required a lot of travel, and entered perfect uh, type of profession to take care of my two daughters at the time um, into teaching. So I started teaching roughly 15 years ago. I started off um, with the multiple subject credentials, teaching in elementary school. I eventually taught the different grades in elementary school. People wanted me to teach math, so then I started teaching math. After that, people wanted me to teach science, so I started teaching science. And then when I arrived here in Sonoma five years ago, I started off at the middle school, Del Harrison, teaching science, and then was asked later that year, as people found out about my engineering background, if I would teach at the high school, where I started off teaching math, science, and engineering um, for the first year. And have whittled it down just to science and engineering now, which is great because that draws directly upon my interests and my background and, um, you know, being able to help develop the program at Sonoma. That's great. What an amazing range of experience that you had. I didn't realize all the hands-on stuff you did. Um, so, yeah, let's focus a little bit on the engineering class, which I think is essentially a relatively new course. You know, maybe it's been around for 10, 15 years in the California curriculum, kind of mainstream. Kids that take your course, what can they expect to, uh, to experience or learn? Essentially, what's your curriculum and content for that course? Well, the course is based upon, and this is a program that Sonoma's had roughly now for eight years. And the curriculum is part of a project lead the way pathway. So students sit with come to my class and I teach a senior capstone class, engineering design and development, would have taken 
two prior years of engineering. Um, first is an introduction and then the applications of engineering. So by the time they reach me, they've got a foundation of background. And the course is designed to let the students apply some of the hands-on skills that they've gained, the operational uh, techniques in terms of team building, guiding teams, planning, um, essentially taking them through all the aspects of the engineering process. So starting with evaluation, planning, um, looking at resources, seeing what objectives are um, in the you know, the planning aspect, and then there's the application aspect in terms of, again, analyzing what types of resources they might be, planning, scheduling, um, and they're doing this themselves. It's not like, you know, it's the type of thing that uh, they get to see their own limitations, but then see what resources they have and other people in the class. So that's part of the learning process, too. Somebody might be good at the computer aspect, but say not so good at the hands-on mechanical aspect, and they have to learn to um, use the resources that they have in hand. And ultimately, at the end, you know, there's that whole design process of going back and did they achieve what they wanted to and kind of analyze if they did or didn't, and if they didn't, how, you know, they would uh, improve the process. So it sounds like you really model what uh, an engineer might experience in the field, right? In, in an actual profession. That's the whole idea. And that's, you know, the beauty of having lived through that in one part of my life. I've seen it, you know, on all different types of scales from scales involving, you know, three or four people to, you know, planning and using projects, you know, that use hundreds of people and different resources. Um, it sounds like it's just a wonderful course. And, and again, really modeling real life, um, which is probably the biggest benefit, but is there something about specific about the course that you personally like to teach? I mean, you could compare it to either at working as an engineer or just um, like every day when you come to work, what do you look forward to? Maybe either a philosophy of the course that you kind of talked about already um, or a lesson or an activity or, or a unit that you do. Um, there's different units. But, you know, when you ask what excites me each day I coming is that, you know, students are there by choice, you know, which is a great aspect. They're already preloaded in terms of their interest in engineering and to be able to challenge these bright minds, you know, with physical challenges, mental challenges, you know, to light that fire because, you know, it's a passion that I have myself. So that's that exciting thing. And whether we're looking at something, and I try and keep it contemporary in terms of the process, you know, and there's been lots of things that go on in the world that they're interested in, you know, and try and blend those things that are current with teaching lessons about the engineering process, about the different skills that, you know, I'm hoping to develop in them. And, you know, one of the things that's been amazing in this last four years that I've been doing this is we've got this awesome ally, you know, the CTE Foundation, which has given us uh, grants from materials. It's allowed me the opportunity to work with different professionals in the community because I was new here to Sonoma five years ago. But they've got this amazing network that uh, 
it just keeps on you know, getting more and more developed with online resources, personal contacts. Um, you know, there's been an, an outpouring of individuals, um, professional individuals that have allowed themselves to be reached by my class through, you know, internet access. So, you know, I owe a lot uh, of the progress that's been made in my class to them. Great. Uh, so you, you kind of touched on uh, a, a possible benefit of distance learning, and that is to access more res community resources. Um, how about the biggest challenge of online learning? So this year, because you haven't seen the kids in person, I imagine some of those projects that utilize some of the equipment that CTE and other people have donated, you haven't been able to use equipment, so maybe you've kind of minimized some of the projects or activities you've done. What What is your biggest challenge this year in delivering that curriculum with fidelity while having to do it online? Um, you're exactly right. I mean, I have a classroom and lab that's filled with tools, materials, um, computers that the students could be using that we haven't had access to. So, I mean, it's forced me, you know, to think outside the box. Same way I need to, you know, that I enjoy challenging my students. This was a year, year and a half, where I got challenged because I had to think outside of, you know, those normal things that I had. So it was, um, and we were able to get some materials to the students. We had certain pickup days, one in the fall, one in January. I was get, able to get some things to them, um, some kits to make, some things, you know, related to electronics. Um, but the vast majority has been giving them challenges, demonstrating principles and giving them processes that could be done with things that they could find at home. And that's what's been really satisfying to me this year, and I think to a number of the students as well, is I get to see the, the videos that they make of the results, that satisfaction when they're able to think and do something with things that um, were around them. You know, yeah. it's amazing what you can do with, you know, hot glue, tin foil, some wire and cardboard. That's great. Is there a specific uh, activity you can think of right now? Um, like what would the, what would be the, the, directions essentially or the prompt that would result in something that where kids look you know make something out of cardboard scissors and glue what are you, what are you asking them to create or design or engineer well one of the projects they had earlier in the year was i challenged them we studied simple machines we looked at what can be made um and i also want to make it fun for them you know, there's lots of challenges going on in COVID, and the more fun it can be, um, the more involved they'll be. So what they were challenged to make after we studied the different principles is a trebuchet, okay? And what it had to do is it had to throw a projectile, um, which ended up being a rolled-up sock, into a cup or a bowl a minimum six feet away. So... You know, they had to study the principles or we studied the principles that are involved. We look at the challenges. Um, you know, I limited their materials to a certain degree. You know, it had to incorporate at least three simple machines. Um, and they ran with it. You know, one of the things that I discovered is that they got more satisfaction and I got satisfaction too, seeing what they would come up with, with 
fewer rules. Of course, you know what it means if I don't give enough rules that, um, you know, they find the loopholes. Yeah. But that's fun, too. You know, they like to catch me. Well, I didn't say they yeah. couldn't use fill in the blank. So that's great. It's great. You know, so it's been this fun type of thing. And, you know, at different times, you know, as I get their feedback, I've kind of channeled those types of projects hands on. Um, and there's been a lot more resources. You know, one of the things that came about is that CTE created this bank of prof professionals telling about what their careers are. And I've used that a number of times and I've let the students um, do some analysis and research paper on things that they were interested. And it was awesome because they were able to discover careers that, you know, local careers it's right nowhere. It's bringing it home, things they can see, things they could see themselves doing. And there was enough of a variety that I could give them the option to pick four different ones. And some picked medical, some picked construction, some picked manufacturing. Um, but it was, it's this great resource that's there now, you know, that wasn't there before COVID and that more people, you know, are going to get knowledge about, get access to. Um, and, and that's been a plus. That's great. It's great. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about other other individual benefits to students that you may have seen. Um, I wanted to also continue to talk a little bit about maybe some other challenges, but you certainly have overcome them. For example, I think engineering is really benefits from a collaborative teamwork. Um, you kind of mentioned that early in the in the podcast about different kids doing different things for a project, you kind of utilizing their strength and, or dividing up the task. Has a collaboration been more of a challenge in online learning or have you felt the kids have kind of risen to that challenge? It's obviously been more of a challenge because the kids now are collaborating on their own with their phone in breakout rooms during class. Um, you know, it's more individualistic and you know, the, the other thing is that in giving projects, you know, I understand because a lot of our students have challenges with their time and managing the time, you know, so um, I give them a lot of latitude. We're more objective oriented, you know, and in the class, you know, I assist them with the processes going on, answering questions, trying to support what they're doing. Um, but it, Probably this year, the majority of projects, um, and it, they were allowed to work with other people, but were done individually. Mm -hmm. So that was an aspect I didn't get to touch on as much this year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like that the collaboration was done maybe outside, bringing in uh, experts virtually, career presentations, things like that. So there was, as kind of you talked about, benefit of being able to. To, to virtually meet with people who would have been maybe a challenge to bring into the classroom. So there was a benefit, but the struggle was kids collaborating. Um, how about other be a benefit to a student um, or even your curriculum? So you mentioned having these online uh, career collaborations with professionals. Can you think of any surprises that, that were unexpected that you think, wow, that worked out a little better? You mentioned having kids utilize their own material at home and getting really creative. Anything else that you might keep next year besides those, those virtual meetings with uh, career folks. So any, 
surprises, unexpected results, or things you're like, hey, this worked out great. I'm going to do that next year. Well, one of the things, and I always try and you know expand the students' prospects of what is engineering. You know, and I started off by saying, you know, you can mention anything in the world and you could follow it by engineering, you know, and it gets them interested. And probably because I didn't have the ability to do as many things in my classroom to keep their hands as busy and full, we did more um, explorations about things, um, some guided, some independent, about you know, different things related to engineering that are going on now. You know, obviously with COVID, then there's the whole biological aspect. But then we looked at what it takes to manufacture. And, you know, we looked at the connections that were going on. You know, so it was taking these things that, you know, obviously affect everyone dramatically and we're in the news every day and using those. And I think going forward, not that I hadn't done it before, you know, trying to incorporate um, more of those subjects into mm -hmm. the material that I'm having them work with. Great. Good. So, yeah, an unexpected uh, result to expand that curriculum. That's great. Uh, I think you might be having kids come back to the classroom within the next couple of weeks or months, which I know would still be a hybrid. So I, I want you to imagine next year if, if school was not really back to normal, but if you had all kids, you could do whatever you want. What are you looking forward to maybe in August, September, if school got back to normal? Well, what I'm looking forward to is our curriculum is changing. I put together uh, a new curriculum. Again, it follows the Project Lead the Way pathway. And I, I've done this, uh, fortunately, by being involved in a, a CTE fellowship, exploring different ways to incorporate um, more environmental elements into some of the things that we're doing. Um, so this class, Environmental Sustainability, actually takes engineering concepts and the engineering process to apply to environmental issues that there might be, water, air, soil, energy, um, and having the students use this engineering process to look for possible solutions through a local lens. So we'll be studying these global issues that students are really interested in. I also happen to be the department head of science, and we had four AP environmental classes this year, which was unheard of. Wow. You know, so is, all yeah. those students are looking for other ways to um, channel that environmental interest. So this class, the new class, would take be a capstone for the engineers, but it would also be open to other students who are interested in environmental issues. And it's got this great potential of blending these two different types of approaches and minds towards these things that are going on. And in that process, during the class, they'll be based on field work. So, you know, they'll be get, taking soil samples and air samples and water samples. And hopefully, you know, we've got a connection with a lot of professionals that are, you know, in the sustainability field because it's an, obviously a growing field, especially here in our community. Um, so these kids can see what's going on and get their brains and their, you know, efforts working on what they could do about things that are going on here at home.
That's great. Wow, that's so exciting, Tom. That's really, really great to hear that. Uh, I did a little work with environmental education, and I've, I've always been disappointed that we haven't done more of it in school. So you really are blending the two of those really well. So I, I admire that, and I appreciate that so much. Um, that's a great example of kind of as we wrap up the interview, um, advice that you might give to uh, a teacher who is either starting an engineering course like yours or changing their curriculum. And maybe you can look at it from the standpoint or the view of, of your development to get to this new curriculum. What did you do to prepare or what are you doing to prepare for this new environmental engineering curriculum? And I want you to think about that as how you might advise someone else who wants to start this. So what advice can you give someone or yourself to prepare for this this new curriculum or just an engineering curriculum in general? I think, you know, in terms of an approach, starting from the outside in, seeing, you know, what are things, you know, finding ways to connect students with their community because there's a lot or, or their world, you know, seeing what the issues are there. And this environmental sustainability course is a direct uh, result of that. Um, in that seeing, wow, there's all these students interested in the environment and we have kids interested in engineering and how can we, you know, bring them together? How can we harness that energy and bring it together? Because, you know, it's like a lot of things in teaching, you know, if it's something that the students are interested in, it'll gain its own momentum. And, you know, that's the type of thing in an engineering course, you know, finding those projects that pique their interests, you know, if we're talking about anything that goes on, you know, if you can relate it to something that the students touch, you know, and we're talking about technology and, you know, them understanding how a computer works, how their phone works and looking at the processes there and, um, or anything that touches their life, the more direct personal connection that you can have and, you know, relate your subject material to it, then the better connection they make. And if they've got connection, then it grows. That's great. Sounds like great advice for any, any teacher teaching any subject. Um, make, yeah, make those connections for the kids. Um, and you certainly have a lot of experience. I had no idea of your hands-on experience. So you certainly are a perfect person to do that with, uh, with all your experience in the trades uh, and life experience and school and, working for GE and the, and the military. That's fantastic. So uh, I want to thank you so much for sharing all those, uh, all those ideas uh, and how you're, how you're working through COVID and a really challenging situation. Um, will you be heading back to the classroom uh, this in a couple weeks? We're targeted to start back on April 6th. Wow. You know, and in terms of another challenge, because I just got my numbers this week, um, we're going to be simulcasting, so we'll be teaching the at-home students as well as the ones in class. And right now, uh, my numbers are roughly are averaging about twenty-five to thirty uh, percent per class of the students. So I'll be mm -hmm. teaching the classes ranging from six to ten. Yeah. Wow. Um, but trying to keep those in the room and those on the screen all engaged at the same time. Yeah. That's, that does sound like a challenge. But, you know, if it works well, again, maybe that's going to be an unexpected benefit that in the future kids that who are absent from class uh, might be able to experience somehow virtually. 
you know, education is changing and we've learned new skills and we've learned to be flexible. And I think that's just the wave of the future. That's great. All right. Great advice for engineers. So, all right, Tom, well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And I wish you the best of luck uh, in the remaining part of this year. And then also next year, hope, uh, hope that new course goes really well. Thanks again. Thanks a lot. Glad to be here. This is Dave Casey for Distance Learning Innovations. Thanks for listening and take care.